0: Because it's the weekend. It's Saturday. You're ready to go. Saturday. We just start.
1: S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey.
0: You made that up yourself, didn't you? No,
1: that's the Bay City Rollers, Micah. uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's from before I was born. I love
2: the fact that we don't have to start in any certain calculated way because it really takes the pressure off beginning the episode. We just started talking. I can now say you're listening to Game of Owns. There, that was an official introduction. It's Saturday morning. You've been officially introduced. And we're all here. We're yeah.
0: hanging out. What would you prefer? Uh, welcome to Game of Owns, episode 201, for March the 8th, 2014. There you go. Well, maybe the we have one. The time is now 1.38 <laughs> p.m. Greenwich Mean
2: Time. At the tone. I'm drinking coffee. I put on pants before I recorded. I think the rest of you guys did as well, although Micah was at the gym earlier, or the gym, uh, depending on how you like to say it. And he took a shower, and he may be wearing pants. Are you or are you not? Can yep. you confirm?
0: I can confirm. Jeans, yes.
2: Oh, denim even. This
0: With great. a polo. Because the weather, you know, it's warming up. So it's, it's a little weird to be doing a show that's focused on the tagline, winter is coming. But in fact, winter is going away. And uh, it's about 40 degrees, 45 degrees outside, which is... Basically like summer, <laughs> nope. given the weather we've all had over the last couple months. I don't know if you guys saw.
1: I tweeted a picture. I was at um, Papa Ali's Sandwich yesterday, and I was in like the full regalia. I had three layers That's on. That's awesome. Three That's layers That's the first on.
0: place I ate when I was in Chicago, by in the way. In
1: the pants. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it. Um, The snow boots. I've yeah, seen those. Yeah, I, I, I had snow boots. <laughs> I had uh, a scarf, two, a hoodie, a jacket, everything. And the girl in front of me, and I, I call her a girl. She must have been my age or older. Are no.
0: you sure she was a girl?
1: yes. Uh, because you, you, you said get, that like you you
0: weren't quite sure. No no no, you, about
1: you, it. you don't get legs like that any other way. Um, <laughs> you're born with them. Okay. Uh, sandals and uh, not only sandals, but high or sorry, knee high. Um, her Sucks. leggings her leggings ended at the knee, so it was complete bare leg from knee down and just sandals. I tweeted a picture of this because I'm like. Wow, it really is like that time of year. But forty, man, forty felt like eighty. I'm telling you, it does. You get, you know, you get in the sun and you still have those layers on. It's- well,
0: here's the thing: because I went to school in upstate New York, right, um, at Syracuse, and once the weather turns, once it starts to get into you know low 40s, maybe even up into the 50s, it's like it's like it's a whole new world because you spend so many months getting snowed and the wind's blowing, it's freezing cold, so that's what that's what it felt like here probably for the last few months, and I'm just happy. Um, it still snowed earlier warm in the out. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, and it's probably right, still right. going to snow at some point in March, uh, maybe even into April, who the hell knows. So um, <laughs> we're just enjoying the fact, uh, maybe I'll crack open a window uh, at some point during the recording. Just to get that fresh air
2: I'm, I'm just thinking about what we're talking about and laughing to myself <laughs> well
1: I you know I, I of course this is about the time where we transition from our blabbering into
2: before we do that can I just I just want to bring up one thing I'm looking at our Facebook wall right now and um, I think it was either you or Micah that posted this earlier today it was Micah posted to it tells on you the now. Facebook wall if you're if yeah, you're an admin of
0: a Facebook page for, for those who may not know Facebook is getting you know, a little fancy. bit more shady. Oh, you call it fancy. I call it shady. <laughs> but um, they're actually showing, if you're an admin of a page, who posted specific uh,
2: content. So this is a social media podcast, and now you know your tools. No, I'm looking at the the Facebook wall, looking at this post. You're saying, hey, uh, we're talking about Dunkin' Egg. We're talking about the end of the hedge night. Here's some stuff. I'm looking at this photograph, and I'm seeing what appears to be Sir Lionel Baratheon in a very cool Suit of armor with a very cool helm, might I add. A very, Mm -hmm. very cool horn. I drew that myself. (laughs) That's good. They look almost velvety. They look like Mm -hmm. almost the velvety horns. Like he hasn't quite attacked a tree stump yet to get it off. But I'm looking at the guy that's cheering with his hands in the air. Mm -hmm. Is that Biff Tannen? Can we confirm or deny?
1: Let us see. I got to see this.
2: Is that Biff Tannen? Biff
1: Tannen? If
2: you look closely into his robes, I think you can see the Sports Almanac sticking out.
1: You know, I think that uh, you may have something here. Maybe he traveled further and longer in the time machine and the delirium <sighs> than we could have thought. You're right. There in his pocket, there Do it you is. See sports him? Almanac. Yes, that's Biff Tannen.
2: And this just opens up a window of possibilities of what could happen at the end of The Hedge Night now that we're, I think, at the very (laughs) end of our four-part look into this incredible story from the Dunkin' Egg series so far. Mm -hmm. Time travel could be possible. Who knows what could be happening?
1: Yes. So it's getting warmer, and uh, I believe in the books, it has just, uh, winter has ended recently. Um, So it's spring there and spring here. That's all I got. Well,
2: I wrote a song walking back to my car last night. You wrote friends. a song? I did. Uh, it's So far, all I got are It's March and There's Still Snow. That <laughs> <laughs> was oh, a
1: melancholy tune, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or it could be a beat. You know, the time signature could change about three quarters of the way through. And I think it could be almost a ballad inspirational at the end. Uh, I just try to think of anything that will distract me from moving on any more forward into the story because what's happening right now is sad. We last left you with Dunk. Getting into an altercation with a very prominent person in the community, we'll just say that. Now, he is getting into an altercation with himself inside of his mind inside of a tower cell.
1: Yes, big reveal. Um, Evidently, when Egg walked up to Arian and said, hey, brother, stop hitting him. He wasn't just talking loosely, like, hey, bro, let the dunk go. You know, he actually apparently is Prince Arian's Brother, big reveal. Aegon Targaryen. Pause <laughs> for Ozie, gasping. One of the Aegon Targaryens. And this is these are the thoughts that Dunk is left with uh, to wake up to the following morning. That, this is uh, the big reveal. It's the big reveal. It's huge. Hold on he a sec He has though. been hoodwinked.
0: Yeah, the the big reveal and and part of this scene that I think is worth talking about before we get to Dunk waking up in his cell is we learn the whole reason behind why. Egg doesn't have any hair.
1: Well, it just would have given him away. Is, well, is yeah. What
0: it is. Well, he specifically says, and to me, um, gives the own of this book.
1: There's quite a lot to go left in this book. Oh, well, no. Because he says, I,
0: I cut it off, brother. I didn't want to look like you. Uh,
1: uh, zing. I just,
0: I wanted to put that out there because I, I think, you know, yes, it would have very easily revealed who Egg was much earlier on, probably not necessarily to Dunk, but uh, to others who are at the tournament, and that's why he's got his hood up most of the time as well. But, you know, the fact that um, we learned why uh, he chose to kind of hide his identity in this way is specifically because he didn't want to have any sort of association with his brother.
1: Well, his brother's done terrible things to him. We find this out... Um... In just a moment, once Egg does visit Dunk in the tower cell, but uh, yeah, Arion is is a bad Egg. No other way to put it. I imagine <laughs> I imagine him sitting on the uh, the thing at Willy Wonka's factory, and, and he just falls down. Um, but really, he and this is echoed by all the rest of the family members. They're a little concerned about uh, Arion's behavior, and but in spite of it, no matter what he does. No matter what he did to the puppeteer or the puppets or any of that, you breaking the girl's finger. You're just not supposed to, in this day and age, go up and hit a prince in the face or kick him. You're not supposed to do that. And everybody in his family, his father, his uncle, um, most importantly Baylor, they're forced to respond with. They're obligated, really. To punish this act, even though Arian deserved it, and that's something that is, you know, far away from where we are today. Uh, just this idea that it's it's treason. It's um,
0: you think it's comparable to anything in modern day, though. People who may tend to get away with things just because of their status.
1: I'm not sure. There's a, kind of a parallel there, but I don't know where it allows somebody to be prosecuted for assault or like defending a. You know, there there's there's too much, um, what's the word, chivalry, uh, here, I think that uh not to say it doesn't occur in the real life, but I think we're meant to think of older times rather than newer ones.
2: Well, I mean, Baylor certainly doesn't want to criminalize Dunk any more than he has to. This is <laughs> uh you can feel the sympathy that he feels for Dunk because he knows that from what he's known of this guy so far, he doesn't seem like the kind of person to go kick someone or hit someone or be violent towards someone in public. Certainly not Targaryen. I think he also knows that Dunk isn't too Dumb, He he knows that Dunk isn't dumb enough to just go do that on his own. So the normal punishment in a situation like this would be you strike a prince, you lose the offending hand, right? Right. That's just how it goes. I I think that's the case whether or not you strike him with your hand. Just in general, if you attack the prince, that's what's going to happen. But Mm -hmm. on top of that, since he also kicked the prince, (laughs) Dunk is now... In a threat of losing both his hands. He's losing length
0: left and right.
1: And his that teeth. Sucks. Don't for, don't forget his teeth. Arian has some kind of fascination with Dunks' teeth. And every time he can, he brings up, Oh yeah, you're losing your teeth too. I'm Maybe Arian ball. has
0: shitty teeth and he wants I, them for yeah, his own. Yeah,
1: right? Needs a transplant or something, and dunks a match. Maybe that's what this is all about. I've always wanted an alligator tooth hat. Maybe he <laughs>
0: wants something like that. Oh wow. <laughs> Maybe he should it. talk to Pharrell.
1: <laughs> oh
0: gosh. Uh, but I thought there was this great quote um, that really ties into what we're talking about here. You know, sort of this chivalrous nature and and being a true knight. And it's when um, Dunk is reflecting on what his his good old friend told him, probably at some point along their journey, Sir Arlen. Sir Arlen, and he says, every knight swears to protect the weak and innocent, but we keep the vow the best, I think. And you know, in talking about hedge knights, and you know. If you think about it, Dunk was just acting on impulse there. He was doing what he thought to be right. It didn't matter if the person who was committing the act was a prince. He was looking to save somebody who was innocent, who was being you know, treated extremely uh, badly. So you can't really fault Dunk here. You guys mentioned Baylor doesn't really fault him, but there's these laws, whether written or unwritten, we really don't know, um, but they're in place, and now Dunk has to face the consequences of his actions.
1: And uh, Dunk doesn't know at this point what exactly will what what punishment will befall him. He is locked in a tower, and for basically the whole day, doesn't have contact with anybody. So he he wonders whether or not they're just gonna you know forget about him, like leave him there to die to starve to death because they very well could do that. His life is in their hands. You know he's he's at Lord Ashford's castle. He is not really, I mean, I guess he's only made, he's made steps to be recognized as officially as a knight, but really if they wanted to leave him up there and not feed him, they could. So Prince Baylor,
2: Hand of the King, father of all badasses for all intents and purposes (laughs) at this tournament. He's the guy that you want to know, right? He sends Egg up into the tower. Now, I think this is great because right now Dunk is kind of considered a criminal, right? But. Baylor's like, oh, come on, I met the guy. And, Egg, you've been hanging out with him for the past handful of days, even though I know you're a kid. I want you to go up there. This is the right thing to do. We're the royal family, after all. I want you to go up there and apologize to your friend for lying to him these past few days. You know, he's been giving you food. He's been letting you sleep under his tree. Go up there and apologize to him. <laughs> like, let's let's sort this shit out. So, Egg goes upstairs. I guess we can start calling him Egg-on. Uh, he, or just Egg, why the hell not? He goes up there and he he, he apologizes to Dunk and he explains the exact situation that Makar was out finding Daron, his brother, and he did. That Daron was the guy who actually shaved his hair off. I'd like to think that a big part of Egg's non-argumentative form for getting his head shaved off was because he didn't want to have hair like his big brother Arion, who he detests because he's a bad person. But either way, Daron saw... The utility and egg being hideable you know he saw the utility of being able to go to an inn like the inn that we started off with in in the beginning of the story and for him to sit inside and drink and act like an idiot and for egg just to sit outside and nothing really bad would happen to him because he looked so nondescript like this was a plan that he was able
1: to hatch and succeed yeah uh, daron bless him not into fighting but very into the booze um and he wanted nothing to do with this tournament, uh, but now that he has been found and caught, this situation, you know, as as often happens in uh, George R. R. Martin books, uh, at least I can think of a few examples, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, and this situation uh, that Dunk feels he's in does, in fact, get worse before it gets better because Darian is making up now a story that a- that Egg was somehow. Uh, kidnapped or coaxed or stolen from, um, from Darren himself. Uh, at the inn, and and that somehow, essentially, Dunk is more of a criminal than he was before he hit right. the prince. He
0: stole Dunk. I'm sorry, he stole Egg, but yeah. yet had no clue who Egg was. By the way, I mean that's made very, very evident in this <laughs> he conversation. Just really wanted a squire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just uh happened to get together, and and here we are now. But you know there's that interaction between the two of them where dunk said i've never heard of a prince egg and you know he goes into explaining his name um and he notes that his brother aemon was the one who actually gave him the nickname egg and we know who aemon is he uh egg even goes on to say he's off at the citadel now learning to be a maester and of course we meet aemon targaryen uh much much later on um in the series. How cool He's pretty that. old though, but it's awesome. he's less... very
1: old. He's blind, isn't he? He is um, blind. Uh, but Maester Amon is is on the wall and he, he actually Castle reveals Black. himself. If you all remember the first or at least uh what is it? A Game of Thrones. In uh, one of the Jon Snow chapters, Amon reveals himself to Jon Snow. I
2: feel like this is almost the Tyrion problem, where we know that he hasn't done these bad things, but so many other people and some important people are perpetrating this falsity that we just can't do anything about it. And I think that's the situation here with Dunk. Daron told a fake story to his father, right? He's the brother of Egg. He's the brother of Arion. All of this bad stuff is happening. Makar is pissed off, okay? He wasn't here to see all of that go down. So for all he knows, this Dunk person who's up in the tower cell could have been the guy who kidnapped his kids, essentially, or, or kidnapped Egg at least. Dunk is in a bad situation that he didn't ask for. You know what I mean? Like, he is getting blamed for something just because he's not important and it's easy. It's like, I don't want my dad to get mad at me, so I'm just going to tell this story that could possibly end up with this person getting executed or something. Yeah. Like, what What is what seems simple to me, like, Dad, please don't be mad at me for this second, is very serious for Dunk because he's already dealing with so much. Don't add kidnapping the royal <laughs> prince or one of the royal princes on top of this. You know, well, This
1: is how royalty behaves, and we see this uh, with Joffrey, and we see it in other media as well that – you know, because the little people don't matter. They're peasants. Um, you know, they're meant to be stepped on. You can blame them for something they didn't do. And, uh, of course, I just, in my mind, I made the connection between what I uh, what I was thinking of. In Lost, there's an episode with Sun as a little girl, and she, bl- she breaks a glass ballerina. I think the episode's called A Glass Ballerina. Blames it on the maid. And her father's like, you know that I'll have to fire the maid, right? And she's like, yeah, it was the maid. And she learns later that it, that was wrong, you know. But it's just because they're peasants. It's just because they don't matter. And I, I think all of us agree that um, what the puppeteer uh, and what, what Tanzel did in, in telling that story um, where a dragon dies right in front of all the dragon families um, was stupid. I think we, we all agree it was ill-advised um, what Tanzel did. But the fact that Dunk had this opportunity to be a hero and and, and really stop the torture that was coming to her um is heroic and he's still a little guy. So Daron, who is the embarrassment of of Makar, um, you know, is able to craft this story where he's not just this drunk runaway, um, you know, which he is, and make himself look better. And Makar, who doesn't trust Dunk to begin because you know, ever since he barged in on their conversation, he's just like, yeah, we have to uh we have to punish this kid. And the only the only person there who's sticking up for Baylar, who's who has any possibility, any uh ability to do anything about it is is Baylor. And and when Dunk finds out that Baylor is waiting for him, he chooses not to finish his meal. He hasn't eaten all day. And he's eating and eating and eating and then Egg mentions that Baylor's waiting and he says, no, I, I'm not keeping him waiting. My duty, like I, I've already been in enough mess, I have to see these people and get my fate over with as soon as possible. It's really an admirable quality to to dunk that he he isn't selfish. He doesn't care almost about his own sustenance cuz he really wants to know how and when he's going to be um put to the axe. And it's almost kind of sad when he talks to Prince Baylor
2: because you understand that This guy knows Dunk is telling the truth, and he knows Egg is telling the truth, and he realizes that this is probably just a terrible situation of peasants against the royalty. He still can do nothing about it, even though he's the man that's there. He can't really be like, hey, man, brother, friend. That's probably not a real story, so we should probably just, like, let's focus on the fact that he hit Arion, and let's ignore all this other stuff. But no, like, he still can't really do that because that's just not how it happens. That's not proper. These other people are royal too, and they have their own right to say shit.
0: Yeah. It's it's a royal mess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and Baylor notes it as much. You know, he talks about how really he was hopeful that, or I'm sorry, that, that Makar was probably hopeful that he could have one of his sons best one of Baylor's sons. And yet, if you look at all of, of, of Makar's sons here, Arianne is a dick, right? Mm. Egg is a little boy who has caused a whole lot of trouble. And Daron is a drunk and mm. is telling a story of his own to try and make the situation even worse um, for Dunk. And that's not really fair. But here we sit and, you know, Baylor's hands, they're pretty much tied. You know, it's it's his family that he still needs to think of at the end of the day. And Dunk learns that he's basically been challenged to fight.
2: that's really the only option
0: right and And Baylor wants to know, well, this Sir Arlen of yours, how much has he actually taught you? like how <laughs> prepared are you for what you're about to face? He
1: begins the conversation that way, and you just have to admire uh, Baylor. There's a lot in this book that that just shows what a good guy he is. Um, he asked Dunk, you know, can you really fight because it's about to come to that? Is it like a tr- a trial by combat has been requested a trial which, of seven, trial yeah. of
2: seven. Ooh, it's properly fitting right i mean what other thing could happen we're at a tournament everyone's like <laughs> well we could try dunk in different nah, let's just do a trial by. let's seven. do a
1: trial of seven yeah yeah that's cool it hasn't been done in in ages and ages it's scary but it's kind of really really cool how it's explained what exactly trial by seven is uh the history behind it that it has to do with the seven gods and really, it's like let's ask God, <laughs> let's let's ask the gods who they favor, and what what doesn't help is what Darren did, which is that he added uh, an accusation, and so it's both Darren and Arion who are going to be fighting in this trial of seven. They both must be defeated um, in order for Dunk's side to win, and and there's the whole thing about Dunk's side. He, where's he going to get seven guys? Even uh, the Dundarian chap who all he needed from him previously was to just say yeah I know him he was a knight wouldn't even do that dunk now has to find six partners out of out of thin air essentially or his cause is ruled uh y- you know unjust and he is put to the axe he's killed um or voted guilty for for this thing. So Dunk, you know, who who went here to gain some some honor in these tournaments and is now money. having to is now having to fight and some money is now having to fight for his his right to survive. He's having to fight for his freedom. Freedom, um, the good of freedom. You know, it's 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 really cool how things escalate but yet seem so realistic, you know, and it's all because people are corrupt and and kids are jerks you know that that caused dunk to have to fight for his life but it's a really interesting scenario that i you know i just didn't see this book coming to this really such a compelling story um but it is 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 dunk's feeling of righteousness of chivalry he only did what was right and now he's being punished for it what do the gods say i love the concept of a trial
2: by seven though because apparently the lore behind it is the andals brought it over to westeros back in the day and it's this is an ancient way of deciding things it's almost like a group version of rock paper scissors and (laughs) it it, it makes it a perfect place to do it when you're at a tournament because there's already so much armor and lances laying around like it just makes sense so essentially what happens is there's seven people on this side that are arguing this case let's say rock and there's seven people on this side (laughs) that's arguing this case let's say the uh, scissors. And they they fight each other. And whether or not the people that are accusing or the people that have a stance on a certain issue, whether they're killed or whether they yield, that's who wins the argument. So yeah, like Eric was saying, you've got Dunk by himself. He brought Egg, who is a Targaryen, and his horses, one of which he sold. Uh, he's not going to be able to do much. You know what I mean? There's just him by himself. But then you've got two Targaryens. You've got Arion, and you've got Darrod, who's technically accusing Dunk even though it never really happened. Who cares? So what's, what is going to happen? How, how do you – when this happened in the story, I had literally no idea how this was going to be resolved because he's literally just left a tower cell where the only visitor was Egg. It's not like he's got people that are celebrating like the fact that he tried
0: to do something yet. Oh, That's a great point. And you know, even Makar tells him that, well, if you can't find six other people, it means you're guilty. You know, so yeah. <laughs> that means your cause so is you're gonna just die to before you even have a chance to fight for your others, life, basically. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like if you lose, you lose. If if you can't find enough people, you lose. It's like you're just qualified. It's like you must qualify. Dunk has a, a huge task ahead of him. I think it's cool
2: that he took it as a sign when he was leaving the castle that he saw the horse he sold wearing the Fossaway's sigil and wearing its its colors. Like this was in his way to say, "Oh, thunders with these people. They've been my friends before." yesterday let's see if we're still friends now and, and what do you know they're somehow not mad at him because he's got a big x over his head i feel like so being this dude's pal right now while the targaryens are stalking around with their dragon helmets is kind of a brave thing
1: it's huge yeah it's 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 really big and these these apple boys um i think it's even said at one point too bad arian couldn't have been born one of them because he was afraid of an apple um but they they're trying to go up against the dragon here um, and and from what, we, from what we gather from dunk's conversation with the fossaways is that uh Sir Stefan will actually help dunk and fight on his side it's one down you know and and uh Raymond is too young uh to be a knight otherwise he would so he's gonna squire for his brother but dunk has in his first conversation come up with a um you know, somebody for his side, he's come
2: up with an ally. This is the same guy who was challenging Dunk back in the day to do, like, practice fights. We'll yeah. do full armor and everything. right? Yeah, really, here. I'll
1: break your arm, but uh, just play. <laughs> <You'll be> fine. <laughs> um fine. So we know he's crazy. We know that he is battle, uh, he's interested, he's bloodthirsty. So Stefan would be a good guy to have on your side. And Egg walks in. Of course, Egg uh, has escaped the castle again. They really ought to lock that kid down. Um, but he says, I know some knights. I'm going to go and call in some favors and see if we can get you more people. And the Fossaways are too. So Dunk has a council that are going out and are going to find these knights for him. Uh, it's it's really just a great mark of uh, friendship. And it's it's fun to read about uh, at this part in the story where they're preparing for this huge battle that seems so insurmountably difficult. Right.
0: And then in walks Daron. Who... Daron. The <laughs> uh, Dunk is not too happy to see, wants to stab him in the belly. Uh and they have this um you know sort of uh, mediation um that Egg is is kind of overseeing. Um and, and Damon Damon, I keep wanting to call him Damon, I don't know why. <laughs> um uh Darren says basically, you have nothing to fear from me. You know, I'm not going to look to attack you even though I'm being forced to participate. Um, in this Battle of the Seven, right? Uh, but the other piece of information that he gives to Dunk is that his father, right, Makar, is going to be joining in, in to fight on behalf of his sons. So that's not exactly, you know, it's almost like you got a little bit of great news with the Fossilways saying, uh, we're going to go out, we're going to get you the people that you need, and then all of a sudden you find out that you're going to have to battle yet another Targaryen. Um in this fight, and
1: don't we find about the king's guard too uh at this time
0: yeah, I think so
1: yeah i mean the men who are tasked with protecting the king are are also going to fight in this battle. why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's really like the royalty versus dunk it's 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 bad, it's really bad, and uh you know even if they manage to find some some wayward knights that you expect they're gonna find uh it the odds are are against them completely and will continue to be until basically a moment before the battle starts so uh, this is this is not a good situation but like you said it's it's tough and Daron is the boy who was at the inn who woke up and said I dreamt of you stay the hell away from me and this comes into play now because he recounts that dream and he says look I know I'm not I'm not gonna do you any harm I'm your accuser and all that but seriously I dreamed of you and uh you like slayed the dragon and stuff, so to so stay away.
2: What a convenient approach from Daron for this whole situation. Like, listen, I know that I accuse you of something you didn't do and made your situation a hundred times worse, but when we get out there, I'm just gonna fall off my horse and lay in the mud and just tap out. Like submission hold, I'm gonna tap out and, and let you win. So you just have to take down Everyone else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still and, – and Darren is more important because he's one of the two accusers. But even though he says he's going to be worthless, he's not withdrawing his claim before the tournament starts. So there still has to be this battle.
0: Right. Um,
1: he says uh, – but there's this great line from Darren. He says, my brothers have my measure when it comes to fighting and dancing and thinking and reading books. But none of them is half my equal at lying and sensible in the mud. And
0: probably drinking as well. Um, Yeah, and and, and drinking too. The point that you brought up before um, about him having these dreams, he specifically says, My dreams are not like yours, Sir Duncan. Mine are true. Yes. They, They frighten me. You frighten me. I dreamed of you and a dead dragon, you see. A great beast, huge, with wings so large they could cover this meadow. It had fallen on top of you, but you were alive and the dragon was
1: dead. Um, I know that we're thinking of this being like a metaphor, like, hey, yeah, he's going to slay the dragonborn or something in this dream. Um, But I wonder if it's not, in fact, a preview of an upcoming story of Duncan Egg (laughs) that has yet to be written. I was thinking that it might be about
2: the end of this story and what happens, Yeah, which I guess we can get to. um, But I, I think it might specifically apply to that and nothing beyond this. But it may be one of those mysterious things that can sort of be applied to the end of this one and maybe applied to the end of the next one or the next one or whichever follow. Like, maybe it's overarchingly the big thing that happens, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Well, uh, Daeron, um, just again, claiming that his dreams are true. Uh, he is the Targaryen. Uh, we know that. And if, if his dreams are true, that means that he has what we call the green sight um, or what Jojen Reed called the green sight. And we, now we've seen the Starks with this. Uh, we've seen the reeds also have the green site, but I'm just trying to trace it by blood back. Somehow the Targaryens also have what appears to be this same special ability, the same magical ability. And I just like to keep track of which families have it, um, because they're either interrelated or, or some, just something seems to be special. Going on with them, but not only yeah. are the Targaryens dragonborn, it seems that some of them, or in this case one of them, has this green sight where he believes in his dreams.
2: This also means we probably have no idea what the green sight really is. It, maybe it's yeah. nothing based on lineage and reading Duncan Egg at this point and where we are with the Song of Ice and Fire. It could just be a pretty good indicator that, hey, these guys Targaryen's side of the fight, they also have the green sight. So it, we probably just don't understand it at all. Now reading this, that's what I'm leaning toward more. I think,
1: yeah, it's
0: just really bad déjà vu. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have that? I mean, I have that at times, even still. Like my déjà vu is always before. like
1: I'm sitting somewhere doing nothing important, and then I'm like, oh hey, I. I've, I've had a, a vision before where I've been sitting here doing something important, except this time I'm reminiscing about being sitting here and doing something unimportant. That's funny. My, my deja vu doesn't come to me at any interesting times.
2: I do think that it was a great mechanic of the story to introduce this noble that he described him at the very beginning of the story, and it being so loosely associated with Dunk being, or with Egg being outside. I just think it was it was good because we mistook him for a stable boy, but really they were just there hanging out. He was just waiting outside while his brother was inside drinking. That's pretty much all that was happening. And that's probably the same inn that Makar found him in. He probably hadn't left. The egg probably just took off with uh, Dunk toward Ashford, and Daron might have just stayed there. Basically, we're still in such a small time span and still in such a small place, but so much has happened within that to this one person that is already going through so much shit it's just almost unfair that all of this has to happen to dunk in this way but what happens over the the course of this day the appreciation he starts to get from random people as he mm-hmm. leaves his meeting here with uh with daron and heads to check out his armor situation to see what exactly did happen with his shield Um, it's, it's cool because he's getting sort of treated like a heroic knight and he hasn't really done anything yet. He just kind of attacked an asshole.
1: Yeah, this is, this is the moment where he really finds out how impactful his moment of bravery, uh, was because he connects with Steely Pate, um, who's the guy who was going to, you know, make his armor, um, and charge him for it quite a bit. He finds out that Pate, Pate is talking about redoing everything. He says, Oh, trial by combat, trial of seven, really. Well, I'm gonna get you some arms and some legs, and uh, we'll do your horse and we'll t- and 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 at the end Dunk asks him how much this is gonna cost? He says, for you, a copper. Um, it's it's really unbelievable. All the artisans, he's being kissed by old ladies um, who are walking up to him and saying, Good fortune to you, sir. Um the entire almost like culture of artisans is Appreciating and it, they 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 felt obviously they connected with the puppeteers um, because they could be singled out by Arion just as easily if they had something unbecoming you know in their art shop so they feel a tremendous sense of family with the puppeteers so much so that they're they're just all rooting they're going to do everything that they can do to make Dunk's journey um, the easiest it has to be and and that really comes down to Pate. Because that's what he needs is he needs decent armor that's going to withstand these crazy battle lances, but he is needing you know good armor and it turns out that pate has already you know made some progress on that, and before they left, the puppeteer uh Tanzel, you know the girl also painted this new armor uh for him before she left, but apparently in <laughs> dunk's, the Ladies' Man, he always has to ask. Well, where'd that lady go? Um, You know, Pate says they left for Dorne. Her father didn't think it was a good idea to see you killed. Right. But so, before they there, went, there's, she there's left, she left you that shield, yeah. buddy. The thing is, it's kind of like um in Back to the Future Part 3 where Marty, who has shown up, Biff, is given the uh – what is it? The gun and the bullets and they're like, you realize if you lose, we're taking that back, right? Right. <laughs> like it's just – it's the same kind of situation. It's like, hey, go you – but uh, I got 20 bucks bet against you.
2: So I swear when you were talking about Steely Pate doing the armor for him, I was thinking about how it's not like Back to the Future Part 3 when they're just measuring him for his suit for the coffin. Yeah, for like, his I coffin, like, exactly. It's totally opposite of that. That's so funny that your mind met the same place here. But I completely agree. It's almost a lot like that where these people – are rooting for this person that is doing the good thing against the asshole, and they're helping in whatever way they can without getting directly involved. Yeah, yeah
1: but uh father rock. is like Tonsil's father is like <laughs> we should we should go we should get. He's out. the people's champion. In, yeah, case, right. he loses, in case he loses, in case loses, you don't want to see that. And furthermore, they could probably go after her if they. I don't know how they left. Like, wouldn't you think that all eyes would be on them um, because they offended the dragon? Uh, no, but they don't. managed. They managed yeah. to sneak out sneak out the back, which is which is good. Hey, good on them, right? Right. Yeah. still, they they missed uh, what's going to be a hell of a show, that's for so sure. So things
0: are looking up for Dunk, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he gets back, and then he's greeted with uh, three more people uh, who have joined his, uh, his tag team. Uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be keep quite making the these, uh, I'm going to say WWF references, because that's what it was called when I watched it. None of this <laughs> <His> WWE <laughs> shit.
1: Um, no, no, no. It was, WWF. So I remember he, when it was WWE. So
0: he gains uh, – it's like Survivor Series, basically. That's what this is like. Um, yeah, pretty much. And and he with like a Royal Rumble twist to it. Uh, <laughs> he gains Robin uh, Rissling and Humphrey Beesbury and Sir Humphrey Harding.
1: I, I every time I read Ristling, I want to like say wine. Riesling, yeah, because
2: the wine. <laughs> and he's got the two Humphreys, one with the broken leg. But I mean, you don't necessarily need to have use of your legs while riding horses. We've seen that with this Brand, gives me hope so for Brand. Yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So he's still gonna be lancing from horseback. I like that.
0: That puts him at five, right? If you count Dunk. And the Fossaway, and now he's added these three, and then in like almost it's it can only be described because we're more familiar with him Robert like <laughs> fashion. You just I want somebody to say six here the right way because you know, in comes the laughing storm, and and just in perfect timing when um, I think it's uh, Raymond Fossaway says so you are five so in comes Sir Lionel Baratheon. Six. That's the best I can do.
2: (laughs) And my axe. And my six. It couldn't have gotten any better because even though we've gotten such a great setup on who is probably the most badass dude here, when he comes in, he's not patting Dunk on the back for knocking out um, Arion during his whole encounter. He's not patting Dunk on the back for for kidnapping Egg, which I'm sure he sort of heard he is, and maybe he doesn't care whether or not it's a true story at all. Really, the only reason he's doing this, that he admitted to them, he was just like, I get to fight against the Kingsguard, I get to fight against the Targaryens, he was like, this is gonna be fun as hell, like, I'm about to just break lances against these people, and I get to fight, it's gonna be fun, so count me in.
1: He's in it for for the sheer entertainment factor, he says, there has not been a trial of seven for more than a hundred years. Do you know that? Um... And again, about not being able to miss a chance to fight against the king's guard. Yeah, Baratheon man, Lionel, the Laughing Storm. He has something to prove against the current uh, reigning royalty family.
0: And thanks to Egg, Egg was the one who recruited him. Yeah, it was. It was Egg.
1: Yeah, I I see. I see the seeds. I see the seeds of families. The families are kind of indifferent towards one another now, but 100 years down the line, man, they're going to meet at the fork.
2: Right. Well, he considers – like, Lionel knows how cool he is. He's very aware of his own coolness. So he's just (laughs) like, yeah, I will do this because it's going to be a good time, whereas Dunk is just shooting his britches the entire time. Yeah. Like, I hope people fight with me, but, I mean, sure, it serves a dual purpose. We are glad to have you aboard the Laughing Storm.
0: And he doesn't even care that egg – Dumped a glass of wine over his head.
2: She's <laughs> <just, laughs> like all cool with it. Yeah, it would be egg that goes and gets the most badass dude. Like he just walks right into his encampment and he's like, "Hey, join us." Also, wash your head after this. Yeah,
1: because he then uh, here's what he says. He says, "My own lad tried to chase him off, but he slipped between his legs and turned a flagon of wine over my head." But not all, all is all is not well in the land of Denmark, um, because Sir Stefan. Steps up and says, oh, by the way, yeah, I'm going to be fighting, but you're still down, a man, because I'm fighting for the other side.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, this was pretty much the last second, too. This is this is by the time the, the evening has come to a close and the second day is happening. We're going to be essentially riding soon, and we have no idea... When or where we're going to be able to fill the seven people, we've already got their team decided. They were six, and there was a fear that it was going to be six versus six, but that wouldn't really work, would it?
1: Well, it's invalid is the problem now. Is like, again, if they can't find that seventh person, they're guilty no matter what.
2: So they offer Stefan Fossaway away uh, lordship to fight on their side. And he takes it, because let's be real here. A free lordship for doing nothing, essentially, just riding in a tilt that people may get hurt in, I think that's a pretty good risk there, because being a lord is certainly an upgrade from being yeah, a knight.
1: he's such an ass. He's just such an ass. Luckily, his younger brother resents him so badly that his younger brother pushes Dunk to knight him. And this is a kid who was too young to fight to begin with, um, otherwise he would have. He kind of asks to become a knight, and Dunk... Is a little concerned with still tra- so still having to get a seventh guy.
2: Not to mention Dunk being in his own personal moment of questioning himself and sort of indifference, like can I technically knight this guy? Because I just had my own problem with getting even allowed to this <laughs> tournament. How convenient that he would be called over by the royal prince and a more established person would take his place in the knighting of
1: Raymond. It's fairly convenient.
0: Who who else would you want to knight you? I mean you could oh, say nobody. Hey, I was knighted by Sir Lionel Baratheon. I mean it's that's like fucking you go, awesome.
1: <laughs> you go to a knighting ceremony. Can I have The laughing storm, thanks.
2: Yeah, Um, they're like, Sorry, sir, he's already been requested 12 times today. I can give you Humphrey Beesbury. You take that, like, but he's dead. You're like, It'll still work.
1: (laughs) Any knight (laughs) can make a knight, even dead knights.
2: This story, you know, it seems so short before we went into it, but I'm just thinking about today and the sheer amount of information that has happened. Like, between the tower and where we are now, the day where Dunk and Egg were looking for people to fill out his team, to now being. I mean, virtually minutes away from riding in this trial of seven. You know, we've got the people that have basically abandoned their thoughts of the tournament, and now they're thinking about what is going to happen to Dunk and what is going to happen with these royal Targaryens and the Kingsguard riding against his cause. And like Sir Lionel Brathian said, there hasn't been a proper trial of the seven in over a hundred years, so this is a very big deal. And I think that everyone that's in attendance at this tournament at, at Ashford is just. They feel a little blessed. They're like, damn, this gets to happen at this <laughs> tournament. Like, this <laughs> is the one I picked to go to. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I feel like there's the people that are built in that are going to be cheering for the royalty. But so many of these people are poor in their own way that they're rooting for the underdog. So you really feel like Dunk is supported, but not really. Because when it comes to all of this, when, when Sir Stefan takes the side of the of the opposing camp, we're now down further than we thought we were. And probably going to be facing a full disqualification, resulting in the losing of a hand and foot and who knows what else. And teeth. Well, teeth too. Yeah.
1: It's true. And, and what Dunk has to do is the same thing he was considering doing to begin with. He has to ride out. He's, he's just about – everybody else is armoring up, suiting up for the battle. And he's got to ride out and make one last plea you know, to the crowd who's already there to watch the battle. He is sourcing from the crowd to find out if if any one person will will come and join him in his cause, and it's tough.
0: Yeah, and uh, you
1: know he has to
0: at one point, like you said, I mean he's he's all but faced disqualification. He asks for a little bit of time. He goes and makes his plea to the crowd to see if anybody else is going to be willing enough, and then he has that line which is written all in caps, which leads me to believe that it's very highly emphasized and yelled um, at the top of his lungs. And he says, are there
1: no true knights among you? Um, which I think, you know, he has a point. Oh, yeah, cutting words. Um, I mean, it's, it comes after his response from these people. People are ignoring him. People that he knows Sir Arlen worked for in the past are not acknowledging him. They're not returning eye contact. People are laughing. They're talking to each other. It's really uh, middle schooly. You know, it's, it's terrible. And the brood of Bracken. Says, I know you not, boy. Your cause is not mine. You know, it's your cause, not mine. It's the complete opposite of what knighthood is all about. You right. know, defending the innocent and keeping your vows and all this stuff. And all these people who are in high places, or, you know, at least they get to watch, are going to watch him die. And they don't care that he is the one in the right. They don't exactly. care that, that he's innocent.
2: Are there no true knights among you? Yeah, I'm go. just imagining like the roar of the crowd. And but the, he's what, the, like the 16, seventeen? So yeah.
1: dust. But still, adjust it for it's scene. like when money is adjusted for inflation. Just adjust his age for I still I still imagine it's somebody older like Sean Bean you, you know, yelling it. Sean Bean would be great. And then just Shana in the nick Beane. of time,
0: a black stallion emerged from out of the river mist. No,
2: this is what happened, okay? No one said anything. The book says only silence answered. And then, across the field, Prince Arion laughed. The dragon is not mocked, he called out. Then came a voice. I will take Sir Duncan's side. And it goes (laughs) to say, a black stallion emerged from out of the river mist, a black knight on his back. Dunk saw the dragon shield and the red enamel crest upon his helm with its three roaring heads. The young prince... God's be good, is it truly him? And it's Let's not, find out. It's not who no, they think not. it is. No, it's not. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was <laughs> like, what do you guys think? No, it's not Prince Valar. And what happens next? I don't think that
1: any of us expected it to happen. Yeah, some some punk has taken Valar's armor, but it's it's not some punk. It's actually his father. It's Prince Baylor. Baylor breaks
2: spear, the man himself. The hand of the king. The hand of the king, big boss of the whole tournament, steps out. And yes, guys, he's fighting on Dunk's side against his own
1: family. There are so many ways in which this particular ally changes the game and makes it almost winnable. Um, and that is that three of the opposing members are the Kingsguard, um, and this is discussed, you know, with Dunk afterwards, right before the battle. He says, "Look, the Kingsguard are are, are forbidden, but you know, by rights to to bring harm to the, the throne. Um, so they they can't hurt me." So, just keep everyone else off my back, and I can do away with three of these seven guys. This is um, such a
2: great strategy. It reminds me of like a wow fight where, like, I guess Balor's the tank and he's handling most of the trash. He's like, all right, I've got, I'll take these dudes. That leaves this for you, this for you, this for you. Like you said, it's almost a winnable strategy if you really think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is seven against seven, and every person has uh, like somebody on the other side that they have to get rid of. So it's, but, but, but really what it comes down to is they only need to unseat, uh, Daron and Arian are the only two who are essentially carrying the weight of this accusation. And even though everybody's got a guy to worry about, uh, and Darian is the one who said he's just going to lay in the mud. So what it comes down to is dunk against, um, Arian And, and, and even though these other guys are going to battle and fighting, the good news is that they—it doesn't seem like Dunk is 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 going to have seven guys on him. You know, he's just he's just managed to get enough guys to keep everybody else off, and it still kind of comes down to Dunk's wits and Dunk's ability to get rid of Arian. Well, there's definitely
2: a a tide that's not in their favor, and that's this is explained briefly by Prince Baylor just before they ride out. And that's that the people who they consider the accusers are going to be fighting with actual war lances, like real ones, that are tipped with steel and they're made for killing people. Whereas our side are actually going to be fighting with the tournament lances, the longer like 12-foot ones versus the 8-foot war
1: lances that are made for show. That's Baylor's idea. Baylor is getting clever. He's like, "Look look at it this way. Uh, and Dunk says to him, but wait, those are made to break. Like they're just going to shatter. And he says, but they're 12 feet long. They're twice as long as the war lances. So if you can use your tourney lance to unseat these guys, they won't be able to like hit us at all. They won't be able to reach us. Their their things are too short. So we're going to do the, the tourney lances and just make sure to hit your mark and we'll be golden. Golden. Right. And then it'll be up to hand-to-hand combat after that. We'll see yeah. what happens. We'll see how that goes.
0: So it all begins, right? The horn sounds and – we know that the main focus sort of of the next several paragraphs is really on Dunk and Arian and their fight. Um, but we get to that point though where Dunk surveys the scene. And you know what I liked about this though is that you really got a feel for how um, George R. R. Martin can write battle. Um, battle in a different sense, you know, because you know, we've seen a lot take place through A Song of Ice and Fire, but this is really more of a, of a tournament style um, battle, uh, you know. And, and yeah, we did have a couple of these. We had the Hand of the King tournament um, in a Game of Thrones, but this is much more involved. Um, but I really liked when Dunk got that one moment to kind of see what was going on around him. He was kind of take stock of where his team was at.
1: I mean, it's hard because he can barely see.
0: Right. Well, the quote says, which, um, by the way, you know, he had to get his horse up his horse had, him and his horse had kind of taken a hit and he was finally able to get his old horse up and back on the ground. He says, turning thunder in a tight circle, he tried to get a sense of what was happening elsewhere on the field. Sir Humphrey Harding clung to the neck of his mount, obviously wounded. The other Sir Humphrey lay motionless in a lake of bloodstained mud, broken lance protruding from his groin. He saw Prince Baylor gallop past, lance still intact, and drive one of the king's guard from his saddle. Another of the white knights was already down, and Makar had been unhorsed as well. The third of the king's guard was fending off Sir Robin Ristling. Arian, where is Arian? The sound of drumming hooves behind him made Dunk turn his head sharply. Thunder bugled and reared. Uh, groaning, he forced himself to hands and knees. He could not breathe, nor could he see. The eye slit of his helm was packed with mud. Lurching blindly to his feet dunks scraped at the mud with a mailed finger there that's through his fingers he glimpsed a dragon flying and a spiked morning star whirling on the end of a chain then his head seemed to burst into pieces when his eyes opened he was on the ground again sprawled on his back the mud had all been knocked from his helm but now one eye was closed by blood above was nothing but dark grey sky his face throbbed and he could feel cold wet metal pressing in against cheek and temple "'He broke my head, and I'm dying. "'What was worse was that others who would die with him, "'Raymond and Prince Baylor and the rest. "'I failed them. "'I'm no champion. "'I'm not even a hedge knight. "'I am nothing.' "'He remembered Prince Darren boasting "'that no one could lie insensible in the mud "'as well as he did. "'He never saw Dunk the lunk, though, did he? "'The shame was worse than the pain. "'The dragon appeared above him. Three heads it had and wings bright as flame, "'red and yellow and orange. "'It was laughing.' Are you dead yet, hedge knight? It asked. <laughs> Cry for quarter. Not and dead admit yet. Your guilt. Not and dead. Per- no. And perhaps I'll only claim a hand and a foot. Oh, and those teeth.
1: And those teeth. There he is. He's obsessed with the Creed, teeth. Man. But what are a few
0: teeth? A man like you can live years on peas and porridge. The dragon laughed again. <laughs> no? Eat this, then. The spike ball whirled round and round the sky and fell toward his head as fast as a shooting star. Oh, oh no, a like, star like a shield. shooting star from a shield. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh, there's so
0: much prophetic greenness in this. It's, it's all very green. And so really uh, what happens here is just a huge fight, and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's
1: kind of like a uh,
0: no-holds-barred grudge match, right?
1: Yeah. You You get the feeling that Dunk could very really lose this um and lose his life. I mean a mace to the face. It's really scary, and I know we get a visual later of how mangled up the heads become from being inside these helms. But uh really it's 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 very sad. You think the dunk is out. Fortunately, he moves, he puts Arion on his ass, grabs mm. a shield from him, beats his face away or not really, but beats him with it and makes him yield. Um to put it, you know, to summarize. But uh you know, of course, you have that moment where the kid who yielded grabs for a a, a, a knife anyway and tries oh, yeah. to betray him, but Dunk kicks him on his ass, drags yeah. him upside down <laughs> right up to the, uh, I guess, the guys, and says, "What you something you wanted to tell them, Arian? You you mentioned a little news for them." And Arian says, "I withdraw my, my accusation." So everything ends, and I think that
2: it's uh it, it could have been done any better. I, I wish that less people would have gotten hurt.
1: Because I think it's all just so silly and yeah, stupid. Yeah, there's that hero's guilt that George R. R. Martin does so well, where he's like, "I've failed them all." It's all—I mean, it is their individual choices that gets them into these things. They're fighting for honor, truth, justice, the American way. <laughs> I don't feel—I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> I mean, it's—it's it's sad, yes, because it was all based on bullshit that Aryan did. Aryan is the one who caused all these deaths. Yeah, let, let's not forget he killed that damn horse too. Ugh, yeah.
0: He's got a little bit of the mountain in him. Well, now
2: he's dead in the groin. Like he got lanced in the groin by this stupid iron tips uh, lance, and so now we're dealing with an actual like on the field death um, versus what could happen from the aftermath of some people's injuries. So poor Beesbury. They they couldn't have done this fight and survived at all unless. Baelor was fighting off more than one of the King's Guard people at a time because it just wouldn't have happened. These guys are too expertly trained. It just wouldn't have happened. And mm-hmm. so luckily Dunk was able to hold his own against Arion. But I mean if you remember at the very beginning when Dunk was riding out, it was not him that was able to do the joust perfectly. It was because of Thunder remembering what Sir Arlen had done so many, so many times before. You know, learning the exact rhythms of how to run in for the Joust. Yes, that he was even able to survive that long. I, I really think that he would have been just picked off there on horseback before. Yeah. So, Dunk yeah. isn't bad. He was able to overtake Arion in combat. Like we we understand now that he's able to hold his own, but still, at the end of the day, he's got some learning to do.
1: Yeah, I mean the horse, like you said, the horse. He's not controlling his horse. The horse is, <laughs> if anything. Controlling him, he knows what to do. The, the whistle blows and Dunk isn't moving. Like the horse begins to trot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do next." Like he just he doesn't think, you know, he's not had the experience that's going to come later. It, right. So Raymond
2: Fossaway was able to green apple his way into some, <laughs> yeah. firing, which I think was so good for him, being so young and being so aptly knighted there by Sir Lionel. I think that it made sense that he was able to fight some of his own family and kind of let out some aggression for him being a dick. Yeah. And at the end where of the day, Stefan didn't even get to have Was uh, he just the drinking? Lionel. I mean, I
0: don't feel like we heard from him at all during
2: those scenes. Well, I'm pretty sure he was just chasing down Makar the entire time. <laughs> like, that's what I would have been doing, or something similar. Really,
0: um, you know, we learn as um, Dunk wakes up, Beesberry is the one who has been the main casualty of this battle. And... Uh, what happens next really shocked me. I yeah. did not anticipate it at all. It
1: sucks. It does suck. But it, it the, Dunk is, is the victor. He's not going to lose a hand and a foot, which is good, or any teeth. He's got all his teeth. Um, He's on the mend. He's he's obviously got this wound in his side. They have to boil stuff, so they, they did that. Boiled wine. It's mm-hmm. kind of like peacetime almost again. They're, they have everybody in. And Baylor walks over to Dunk, and they have this conversation where he says, "I'm your man," and and is like, "Good. The the realm needs great men. My head feels funny. Um, yeah, but the, the realm needs great men, and uh, keep up the good work. You know, hey, my head feels funny. I think we should probably get this helm off. But good work today. You know, you you did great, and the realm needs more good men like you." And he walks over, and he's like, "My head feels funny. I'm gonna." Take his helm off and uh, he has some people take the helm off and with the helm he's wait that's something's off that doesn't feel right yeah the, half his head is off the helm as it turns out was the only thing keeping half of Baylor's head on and something squishy falls to the ground and I
0: actually saw saw 2 for the first it's any of the saw movies the first oh. time I saw him last night um, but what I wanted to say though is and I I have to double check this but I remember when we, were, um, when we first read the story, right, when, or when we started the story, I should say, um, and uh, Dunk is burying Sir Arlen, and he's taking his armor. I think that it's pointed out that the left side of the helm is actually dented. So it's a weird kind of parallel here that it's the left side that Baylor takes the hit on uh, and dies as a result. So Nerd. we lose. Nerd. Yeah, I know. Nerd. I know. What do you want from me? Um, but yeah, it sucks because we really grown to like um, this character over the course of this entire story. You know, Baylor has always seemed to be somebody who has been in Dunk's corner, um, and you know, proves it by going out there and fighting for him, and he loses his life as a result. And uh, you know, he aside from Beesbury, who sounds like some clown. Um, you know, he he, Dunk loses two of his teammates. I mean, and nobody else dies on, on the other side. So,
1: Really, the thing with uh, what happened to Baylor reminded me of uh, Bill Nighy's character's death in Underworld, where she, like, severs his head, but it takes a couple minutes. He, like, still blinks and stuff, and then his head just, like, slides off. Um, It's pretty much like that, if you needed a visual. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Or in uh, Resident Evil... Uh, where the lasers come and uh, attack some of the security team, and they all kind of fall apart. Then, Same or in thing. Johnny
2: Mnemonic when they slice the guy with the lasers as well, and all the pieces of his body slide. There away. you go.
1: There you go. So yeah, there's there's examples in film uh, that have come before. But uh, if you
2: needed a visual, people. You visual, listen to us. I just <laughs> hate it because I feel like he was a shining example of what this Targaryen dictator could be. And I think that's—I that's, that's I mean, when, when, when he's speaking to—when Dunk's speaking to Prince Valar at Prince Baylor's funeral, which is just after all this happened, obviously, this is a big deal. Targaryens get burnt. They don't get taken back to the Citadel. They don't get taken back to King's Landing and taken care of officially. They took him out into a funeral pyre, and they— Put him back into the flames like he was born, apparently.
1: So, and like the Jedi do. Yeah,
2: much like the Jedi. Uh, this was the guy. This was their, their hopeful leader one day that would be such an incredible king that could help lead the Seven Kingdoms to even further points of technology and prosperity. But now he's gone because of a hedge knight and a hedge knight's plight, essentially. If you want to look at it in that way. I mean, technically, it's because... His family members are assholes and caused all of this to happen. <laughs> right. It's not going to be remembered that way because Dunk is a peasant, essentially, in the eyes of these people. And that's just not how it's going to be remembered. But yeah. Makar is technically at fault for attacking his brother. He didn't mean to. They were fighting. He hit the helmet in a strange way. Metal distributes force very sharply. You know what I mean? It was a very impactful thing that happened to him, and I'm sure that's what caused the splitting and the breakage of... Things inside of his head, and that's probably probably why he was able to stay alive for as long after it happened that he did, because it was such the attack wasn't on purpose. You know what I mean? Like it was just part of the battle. But that's what's going to happen. People are going to be remembered in a certain way, and it's not going to be remembered at all the way it actually happened.
1: And really, the story has has reached an end when who is it but Makor Makar should come up to Dunk and have a, a bit of a conversation which is I I found to be very interesting. It's a good end to the story, for sure. He talks about exactly this. He talks about how it's going to be remembered. He says, well, Prince Valar is going to go, he's going to climb the Iron Throne in place of his father, and every time a battle is lost or a crop fails, the fools will say, Balor would not have let it happen, but the Hedge Knight killed him. And so it's it's really, Dunk is feeling um, guilty again. It's the survivor's guilt. It's hero guilt. Because he says, shouldn't I have just let them take my hand Take my foot because then we would still have, and my teeth, because then we would still have Baylor in this world, you know, if I had just sucked it up and, and you know, taken my punishment.
0: But it's Makar's fault. I mean, he did it. So it is
1: Makar's fault, but it's not.
0: He's being a bit of a. a of Yeah, you know, he's contradicting himself on, on the highest level here.
1: Yeah, it's everybody who was such a shit and didn't see that what Dunk did was the right thing. Everybody who chose to stand against. Dunk and for Arion uh are the reason that this Hand of the King is dead. But because because the Hand of the King was also the you know the same family as the King, uh and this is all in one family, it's just like, well, somebody else will go instead. It's not that big of a loss. But we know what kind of character Baylor was, and so it is a loss. Yeah. So just kind of final thoughts here. Um Arian is shipped away uh by Makar. Makar is kind of like, okay, I'm done with you. Um, we're going to send you over to Lys, is it? Lys, the Tears of Lys. Basically far away from here. Yeah, very far away. Um, hope a few years in the free cities will do him some good. Um, and there is an arrangement to be made here between Makar and Dunk. Dunk tells him, he says, uh, you know, I told Baylor that I was his man. And he says, it's mighty presumptuous of you, Um but it's true enough that we do need good guys so why don't you come and be a knight for me and uh by the way you remember egg uh he you know he, he kind of is ready to be a squire so uh he he's actually said he's not going to squire for anybody but you so why don't you come be a knight for me and egg will be your squire
2: and this is kind of the silver lining to all of this don't you it's think it's very man?
1: silver it's very silver and you wouldn't imagine dunk cuz he's feeling so guilty as being in a position to negotiate um, or change anything. Well, I think the death of Baylor
2: brought a sense of leniency to all of this because he was very well respected. I think that overarchingly – when something like this happens, like a death in the family, because who cares about the two other guys that helped the the cause of the accused? Like mm-hmm. who the, they're they're not part of the royal family. That's how these people see it, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, when when something as serious as this happens, I think it really made people like Prince Valar and Prince Makar sit down for a second and think about the situation at hand here. And I think that what they're doing with the falling action from all of this is the only proper way it would have ever happened and the only proper way to actually finish it because it's clear that what happened is not good so i think this is the way they're making up for it and it's not at all equal to what did happen losing such an honorable person but it's something
1: and when somebody dies for honor the way that Baylor did or the way that ned did you know i hope it really rem- reminds people what honor is and and i think i hope certain people in the audience were reminded that what Dunk was fighting for was so pure. It was, you know, protection of the innocent. It was maintaining your vows as a knight. It's such an important and universal, you know, universally important thing to die for that hopefully it made a lot of people better people um, is all you can hope for, really. And it made Makar see that his son was out of control, uh, that he needs to be shipped away, you know, so that he can maybe hopefully become a better person himself. Uh, even though he's a bad egg, you know? And, and so <laughs> I think it's, uh, it is, and, and, and it pers- it uh, makes Makar pursue Dunk as as being the tutor of his son because he wants egg to turn out better than the other one did.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the line that um, Makar gives is, Aegon is a prince of the realm, the blood of the dragon. Princes are not made for sleeping in ditches and eating hard salt beef. And then, you know, Dunk replies By saying, well, Darren never slept in a ditch, I'll wager, and all the beef that Arian ever ate was thick and rare and bloody, like as not. I think it's his way of saying, well, you you could claim that, but everything that you've done to raise them to this point hasn't made them any better people.
1: Yes, you've spoiled your sons, Makar. Let me take Egg out on the countryside. We're going to sleep under trees. We're going to have a romp. It'll be a wonderful time. And he's gonna be a better person for it. Let him be a hedge squire. <laughs> <With me. laughs> the hedge squire. The squire. <laughs>
2: well, after all of this is said and done, Makar really can't do anything other than stop off because like I said, all of this has happened and it's really make them introspectively think about how to go forward from here. I think that this small situation has changed What's going to happen to the Targaryens, because I really think that if Prince Baylor would have stuck around and he would have reigned as a king in so many years and then stayed re- reigning as a king for so many years, maybe the rebellion wouldn't have happened. Maybe all of the terrible things that led up to the Baratheons and the Starks and et cetera, et cetera, taking over the Targaryens and, and usurping and shipping them out. Maybe that wouldn't have happened if such an honorable person laid such a long base of good deeds. That's a
1: really good point. I did You know even, what I mean? Yeah, I didn't think about that because the Hand of the King was still pretty young. He was 30 and 9, right, which means 39. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. how they say it so differently. Um, you know, he could have lived another 20 years. He could have ruled. He was the Hand of the King then. But once he was made king, he could have either offset history by 15 or 20 years or just, as you say, been such a good king and and maybe the way that the lineage worked, uh, would be that some um would be that the mad king never really would have gotten wasn't he named Eris too? Um wouldn't wouldn't have gotten the throne. You know, just exactly because one brother goes instead of another brother mm-hmm. and, or as a father goes instead of a son, and then the lineage just the way it works changes. It certainly wouldn't have happened the way it did happen if Prince
2: Baylor would have survived this tilt. I think that the seeds of Sir Lionel Baratheon's cool edginess during all of this is kind of a hint forward to what's gonna happen. I know we touched on that a little bit beforehand, mm-hmm. but Lionel was on the side of Baylor in this. Like I think if a person like Baylor and a person like Egon were able to perpetrate the line forward to be this way and to slowly stomp out the bad eggs like Arion, who was sent away to become a better person Mm -hmm. and egg who is sent away essentially with dunk to become a better person. I think it would have greatly changed how they were shaped moving forward. Like I think they would have been modernized slightly, but you know, it didn't necessarily happen that way. And we don't know what's happening with egg in the future because part one is now over. We have just finished it. They're heading off to Dorne together in chase of a puppet show.
0: So we don't really
2: know what's going to happen to Targaryens next. We know what happens in their indefinite future, but right now they still have a chance to redeem themselves in a certain way. And I think that Prince Makar has done his part in allowing it to happen by allowing Egg to continue traveling with Dorne. But really, just
1: if you, think, uh, if you think of Arion as being the reason Baelor died— um, then it is the Targaryen's fault that they eventually were usurped.
2: Absolutely. You know, he's one of those he's the kind of Targaryen that people write bad stories about
1: yeah, and not yeah. good ones. Um but as you say, a kick-ass ending. I really hope Dunk gets some. Um he wants to go find the the puppeteer lady who went to Dorne and says, How mm-hmm. do you feel about going over the Red Mountains? And Dunk says, I hear they have good puppet shows. So yeah, they're of the same mind. They are going to go travel the world, knight and squire this time with eggs full uh nobility known it's going to be a wonderful life ahead of them. we think at you least think, yeah we hope we'll we'll see but we uh <laughs> we finished
2: it i think let's let's do owns and then we can be nostalgic that part of it is over now
1: what uh what own say you gentlemen
0: i have to give my own to uh just this quote uh, which i think Kind of sums up a lot of the conversation that we've been having the last uh, part of this book, um, part of the story, uh, where it says, The world made no sense when a great prince died, so a hedge knight might live. Uh, That's my own.
1: The future's mysterious, Micah. My own, uh, I mentioned this before, goes to the artisans for giving Dunk all that shit for free. Um. (laughs) Thanks for the free shit. But I have a quote from the book here. Steps farther on, a woman called out, "'Good fortune to you.' An old man stepped up to take his hand and said, "'May the gods give you strength, sir.' Then a begging brother in a tattered brown robe said a blessing on his sword, and a maid kissed his cheek. "'They are for me. Why?' he asked Pate. That's Dunk. "'What am I to them?' And then Pate replies, "'A knight who remembered his vows.'" Um, The artisans really respect Dunk, and they make it possible for him to win. Pate's armor did get pretty much mangled and destroyed, but it provided enough protection that Dunk is able to fight another day, so uh, own for the artisans. I'm just going to have to give my own to Dunk himself for somehow
2: surviving. You know, we began today in a tower cell, and now he's leaving with the royal person and going on an adventure while this royal person is listening to every word he's saying, and it is blessed by the even higher-up royal people, so somehow Dunk... Uh, people have died, it wasn't you, and you're on your way, possibly with more money than you had before. I'm assuming that they're going to be footing the bill for all this, and so uh, you're going to have one of the Targaryen kids traveling with you, man. So uh, to be brief, I just have to give it to you for somehow making it out of this mess alive. Sir Arlen
1: would
0: be very proud.
1: He's kind of a point-of-view character. I'm kind of upset that you chose that, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's my role, not not yours.
0: So if all of you listeners out there have your owns for... The Hedge Knight. Um, It could be from the latter part that uh, we just went through, or it could be from the entire story. Uh, There are many different ways for you uh, to send them in to us, as well as there's been a lot of news going on, um, and I know we touched upon it a couple episodes ago, but um, we have some episode summaries, right, uh, Zach, that can now Mm -hmm. go along with those episode titles. And we're interested to know um on the character poster side which is your favorite you know which ones do you like most of all and um uh, you can uh send us all of that uh in a number of different ways that Eric's going to tell you about very shortly uh and we will get through get to all of that on our next episode
1: that's correct uh, If your feelings can be summarized in 140 characters or less you can tweet at us Twitter.com slash game of owns is the address to our face or to our Twitter uh our faces. You can find our faces on Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com go. slash Game of Owns just tweet us at Game of Owns. On Facebook you can scroll upon our wall. Not sure if there's a character limit on there, which is useful. Um scroll on our wall, Facebook.com slash game of owns or email us, of course. It's the old most outdated method of communication that exists still today. Email. <laughs> Contact at com.
0: I think writing a letter probably tops that, but uh, we don't we don't have a P.O. box, so you are not able to do that. We apologize. Yeah, I don't have
2: bird food either, so I can't beat the <laughs> ravens if they come to my house. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had planned on reading so much of your correspondence today, but I'm looking at our, our ticker right now. We were like, we're going to finish the hedge night today. Yeah. We thought that theoretically we'd be able to do this in three episodes, but today uh, on this Saturday morning might have actually been – uh, properly split the two episodes so we appreciate you guys hanging around for this we're gonna come back to you this monday with brand new stuff we're gonna be reading off a lot of the things that you've sent to us between uh back then and now if that makes any sense so yeah uh, it does thanks for sitting through all of this and enjoying the hedge night with us i think it's been a very fun experience and uh an- another big round of thanks to all of the people out there who sent in the continuous streams of you must start dunking egg requests in this preseason leading up into season 4 because it is so good and uh, I just have to say thanks again for exposing us and and motivating us to read the story now and to get into it now because it was worth it it was very good and and there's so much perspective in these hidden little gems and I recommend that all of you who are still on the
1: fence you should give it a go you really should I agree we will catch you guys (laughs) early next week thank you again for as zach said enjoying the hedge night with us and we'll see what fun revelry we can get into uh coming up next before season four begins
2: yes for now i need about 17 drinks of water it's been a very long episode
0: recording that was it skull that was zach louis and i'm we'll see you next time for episode 202
2: that's got a nice ring to it
0: is this 202? I don't know. Not sure. Oh.
1: Can we, we start well, drowning now?
0: <laughs> we'll see you next time for episode 203. No, we'll do, just in case.
1: <laughs> Two copies. I'm, I'm tying
0: it back to the beginning of the show. When we Maybe there's talking.
1: one universe where it's 202 and another where it's 203.